0: Section 170 of Complete Original Short Stories of Guy de Maupassant. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Tatiana Chichila, Columbus, Ohio. Section 170. Boitel. Father Boitel, Antoine, made a specialty of undertaking dirty jobs all throughout the countryside. Whenever there was a ditch or a cesspool to be cleaned out, a dung hill removed, a sewer cleansed, or any dirt hole, whatever, he was always employed to do it. He would come with the instruments of his trade, his sabots covered with dirt, and set to work, complaining incessantly about his occupation. When people asked him then why he did this loathsome work, he would reply resignedly, "'Faith tis for my children whom I must support. This brings me in more than anything else.' He had indeed fourteen children. If anyone asked him what had become of them, he would say with an air of indifference, "'There are only eight of them left in the house. One is out at service, and five are married.' When the questioner wanted to know whether they were well married he replied vivaciously i did not oppose them i opposed them in nothing they married just as they pleased we shouldn't go against people's likings it turns out badly i am a night scavenger because my parents went against my likings but for that i would have to become a workman like the others here is the way his parents had thwarted him in his likings he was at the time a soldier stationed at half not more stupid than another or sharper either a rather simple fellow however when he was not on duty his greatest pleasure was to walk along the quay where the bird dealers congregate sometimes alone sometimes with a soldier from his own part of the country he would slowly saunter along by cages containing parrots with green backs and yellow heads from the banks of the amazon or parrots with gray backs and red heads from senegal or enormous macaws which looks like birds reared in hothouses with their flower-like feathers their plumes and their tufts parrots of every size who seem painted with minute care by the miniaturist god almighty And the little birds, all the smaller birds, hopped about, yellow, blue, and variegated, mingling their cries with the noise of the quay, and adding to the din caused by unloading the vessels, as well as by passengers and vehicles, a violent clamor, loud, shrill, and deafening, as if from some distant forest of monsters. Boitel would pause with wandering eyes, wide open mouth, laughing and enraptured, showing his teeth to the captive cockatoos, who kept nodding their white or yellow top-knots toward the glaring red of his breeches and the copper buckle of his belt. When he found a bird that could talk, he put questions to it, and if it happened at the time to be disposed to reply and to hold a conversation with him, he would carry away enough amusement to last him till evening. He also found heaps of amusement in looking at the monkeys, and could conceive no greater luxury for a rich man than to own these animals as one owns cats and dogs. This taste for the exotic he had in his blood, as people have a taste for chase, or for medicine, or for the priesthood. He could not help returning to the key every time the gates of the barracks opened, drawn toward it by irresistible longing. On one occasion, having stopped almost in ecstasy before an enormous macaw, which was swelling out its plumes, bending forward and bridling up again, as if making the court curtsies of parrot-land, he saw the door of a little café adjoining the bird-dealer's shop open, and a young negress appeared, wearing on her head a red silk handkerchief. She was sweeping into the street the corks and sand of the establishment. Boitel's attention was soon divided between the bird and the woman, and he really could not tell which of these two beings he contemplated with greater astonishment and delight the negress having swept the rubbish into the street raised her eyes and in turn was dazzled by the soldier's uniform there she stood facing him with her broom in her hands as if she were bringing him a rifle while the macaw continued bowing but at the end of a few seconds the soldier began to feel embarrassed at this attention and he walked away quietly so as not to look as if he were beating a retreat but he came back almost every day he passed before the Cafe des colonies and often he could distinguish through the window the figure of the little black-skinned maid serving box or glasses of brandy to the soldiers of the port. Frequently, too, she would come out to the door on seeing him. Soon, without even having exchanged a word, they smiled at one another like acquaintances, and Boitel felt his heart touched when he suddenly saw, glittering between the dark lips of the girl, a shining row of white teeth. At length, one day he ventured to enter, and was quite surprised to find that she could speak French like everyone else. The bottle of lemonade, of which she was good enough to accept a glassful, remained in the soldier's recollection memorably delicious, and it became a custom with him to come and absorb in this little tavern on the quay all the agreeable drinks which he could afford. For him it was a treat, a happiness, on which his thoughts dwelt constantly, to watch the black hand of the little maid pouring something into his glass while her teeth laughed more than her eyes. At the end of two months they became fast friends, and Boitel, after his first astonishment at discovering that this negress had as good principles as honest French girls, that she exhibited a regard for economy, industry, religion, and good conduct, loved her more on that account, and was so charmed with her that he wanted to marry her. He told her his intentions, which made her dance with joy. She had also a little money, left her by a female oyster dealer, who had picked her up when she had been left on the quay at half by an American captain. This captain had found her when she was only about six years old, lying on bales of cotton in the hold of his ship, some hours after his departure from New York. On his arrival in half, he abandoned to the care of this compassionate oyster dealer, the little black creature, who had been hidden on board his vessel. He knew not why or by whom. The oyster woman having died, the young negress became a servant at the colonial tavern. Antoine Boitel added, This will be all right if my parents don't oppose it. I will never go against them, you understand? Never. I'm going to say a word or two to them the first time I go back to the country. On the following week, in fact, having obtained twenty-four hours leave, he went to see his family, who cultivated the little farm at Tourteville near Yvetot. He waited till the meal was finished, the hour when the coffee baptized with brandy makes people more open-hearted, before informing his parents that he had found a girl who satisfied his tastes, all his tastes, so completely that there could not exist any other being in all the world so perfectly suited to him. The old people, on hearing this, immediately assumed a cautious manner and wanted explanations. He had concealed nothing from them except the color of her skin. She was a servant without much means, but strong, thrifty, clean, well-conducted, and sensible, All these things were better than money would be in the hands of a bad housewife. Moreover, she had a few sous, left her by a woman who had reared her, a good number of sous, almost a little dowry, fifteen hundred francs in the savings bank. The old people, persuaded by his talk and relying on their old judgment, were gradually weakening when he came to the delicate point. Laughing in a rather constrained fashion, he said, (laughs) There's only one thing you might not like. She is not a white slip. They did not understand, and he had to explain at some length, and very cautiously to avoid shocking them, that she belonged to the dusky race of which they had only seen samples and pictures at Epinal. Then they became restless, perplexed, alarmed, as if he had proposed a union with the devil. The mother said, "'Black? How much of her is black? Is the whole of her?' He replied, "'Certainly, everywhere, just as you are white everywhere.' The father interposed, "'Black? Is it as black as the pot?' The son answered, "'Perhaps a little less than that. She is black, but not disgustingly black. The curé's cassock is black, but it's not any uglier than a surplice which is white.' The father said, "'Are there more black people besides her in her country?' And the son, with an air of conviction, exclaimed, "'Certainly!' But the old man shook his head. "'That must be unpleasant.' And the son, "'It isn't more disagreeable than anything else when you get used to it.' The mother asked, It doesn't soil the underwear more than other skins this black skin not more than your own as it is her proper colour then after many other questions it was agreed that the parents should see this girl before coming to any decision and that the young fellow whose term of military service would be over in a month should bring her to the house in order that they might examine her and decide by talking the matter over whether or not she was too dark to enter the Boitel family antoine accordingly announced that on sunday the twenty second of may the day of his discharge he would start for tourteville with his sweetheart she had put on for this journey to the house of her lover's parents her most beautiful and most gaudy clothes in which yellow red and blue were the prevailing colours so that she looked as if she were adorned for a national festival at the terminus as they were leaving half people stared at her and boitel was proud of giving his arm to a person who commanded so much attention then in the third-class carriage in which she took a seat by his side She aroused so much astonishment among the country folks that the people in the adjoining compartment stood up on their benches to look at her over the wooden partition which divides the compartments. A child, at the sight of her, began to cry with terror. Another concealed his face in his mother's apron. Everything went off well, however, up to their arrival at their destination, but when the train slackened its rate of motion as they drew near Yves-Tote, Antoine felt ill at ease, as he would have done at a review when he did not know his drill practice. Then as he leaned his head out he recognized in the distance his father holding the bridle of the horse harnessed to a carryall, and his mother who had come forward to the grating behind which stood those who were expecting friends he alighted first gave his hand to his sweetheart and holding himself erect as if he were escorting a general he went to meet his family the mother on seeing this black lady in variegated costume in her son's company remained so stupefied that she could not open her mouth and the father found it hard to hold the horse which the engine or the negress caused to rear continuously But Antoine, suddenly filled with unmixed joy at seeing once more the old people, rushed forward with open arms, embraced his mother, embraced his father, in spite of the nag's fright, and then, turning toward his companion, at whom the passengers on the platform stopped to stare with amazement, he proceeded to explain. "'Here she is. I told you that at first sight she is not attractive, but as soon as you know her I can assure you there's not a better sort in the whole world. Say good morning to her so that she may not feel badly.' Thereupon, Mare Boitelle, almost frightened out of her wits, made a sort of curtsey, while the father took off his cap, murmuring, "'I wish you good luck!' Then, without further delay, they climbed into the carry-all, the two women in the back, on the seats which made them jump up and down as the vehicle went jolting along the road, and the two men in front on the front seat. Nobody spoke. Antoine, ill at ease, whistled a barrack-room air, his father whipped the nag, and his mother, from where she sat in the corner, kept casting sly glances at the Negress, whose forehead and cheekbones shone in the sunlight like well-polished shoes. Wishing to break the ice, Antoine turned round. "'Well,' said he, "'we don't seem inclined to talk.' "'We must have time,' replied the old woman. He went on. "'Come, tell us a little story about that hen of yours that laid eight eggs.' It was a funny anecdote of long-standing in the family, but, as his mother still remained silent, paralyzed by her emotion— he undertook himself to tell the story laughing as he did so at the memorable incident the father who knew it by heart brightened at the opening words of the narrative his wife soon followed his example and the negress herself when he reached the drollest part of it suddenly gave vent to such a laugh a loud rolling torrent of laughter that the horse becoming excited broke into a gallop for a while that served to cement their acquaintance they all began to chat They had scarcely reached the house and had all alighted when Antoine conducted his sweetheart to a room so that she might take off her dress to avoid staining it, as she was going to prepare a nice dish intended to win the old people's affections through their stomachs. He drew his parents outside the house and, with beating heart, asked, "'Well, what do you say now?' The father said nothing. The mother, less timid, exclaimed, "'She is too black. No, indeed, this is too much for me. It turns my blood.' "'You will get used to it,' said Antoine.' perhaps so, but not at first. They went into the house, where the good woman was somewhat affected at the spectacle of the negress engaged in cooking. She at once proceeded to assist her, with petticoats tucked up, active in spite of her age. The meal was an excellent one, very long, very enjoyable. When they were taking a turn after dinner, Antoine took his father aside. "'Well, Dad, what do you say about it?' The peasant took care never to compromise himself. "'I have no opinion about it. Ask your mother.' So Antoine went back to his mother, and, detaining her behind the rest, said, "'Well, mother, what do you think of her?' "'My poor lad, she is really too black. If she were only a little less black, I would not go against you, but this is too much. One would think it was Satan.' He did not press her, knowing how obstinate the old woman had always been, but he felt a tempest of disappointment sweeping over his heart. He was turning over in his mind what he ought to do, what plan he could devise, surprised, moreover, that she had not conquered them already as she had captivated himself.' and they all four walked along through the wheat-fields having gradually relapsed into silence whenever they passed a fence they saw a countryman sitting on the stile and a group of brats climbed up to stare at them and everyone rushed out into the road to see the black whore young boitel had brought home with him at a distance they noticed people scampering across the fields just as when the drum beats to draw public attention to some living phenomenon Pere and mare boitel alarmed at this curiosity which was exhibited everywhere throughout the country at their approach quickened their pace walking side by side and leaving their son far behind his dark companion asked what his parents thought of her he hesitatingly replied that they had not yet made up their minds but on the village green people rushed out of all the houses in a flutter of excitement and at the sight of the gathering crowd old Boitel took to his heels and regained his abode while antoine swelling with rage his sweetheart on his arm advanced majestically under the staring eyes which opened wide in amazement He understood that it was at an end, and there was no hope for him, that he could not marry his negress. She also understood it, and as they drew near the farmhouse, they both began to weep. As soon as they had got back to the house, she once more took off her dress to aid the mother in the household duties, and followed her everywhere, to the dairy, to the stable, to the hen-house, taking on herself the hardest part of the work, repeating always, "'Let me do it, Madame Boitel,' so that, when night came on, the old woman, touched but inexorable, said to her son, she is a good girl all the same it's a pity she is so black but indeed she is too black i could not get used to it she must go back again she is too too black and young boitel said to his sweetheart she will not consent she thinks you are too black you must go back again i will go with you to the train no matter don't fret i am going to talk to them after you have started he then took her to the railway station still cheering her with hope and when he kissed her he put her into the train and he watched as it passed out of sight, his eyes swollen with tears. In vain did he appeal to the old people. They would never give their consent. And when he had told the story, which was known all over the country, Antoine botel would always add, From that time forward I have had no heart for anything, for anything at all. No trade suited me any longer, and so I became what I am, a night scavenger. People would say to him, Yet you got married. Yes, and I can't say that my wife didn't please me, seeing that I have fourteen children. But she is not the other one, oh no, certainly not. The other one, mark you, my negress, she had only to give me one glance, and I felt as if I were in heaven. End of section one seventy. Recording by Tatiana Chichilla, Columbus, Ohio.